stand 134 <laughs>
if you would, open us in prayer, please. do be seated. I'm not surprised we're a little bit down tonight because on the way out nobody would shake my hand. <laughs> I went to go shake and they'd pull back on me and so I knew a, a number of folks. So let's look around see who's not here. Let's lift them up. Uh, a lot of folks are not feeling well today. And then uh, one thing I forgot, do look in the bulletin for the announcements and uh, but one that we will be doing this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night we will be having our business meeting. Okay. And uh, everybody's seen it. If you don't, if you haven't seen the minutes, I've got the minutes back here. You can see it and, and know what we're going to vote on. But we have to have to have a business meeting on Wednesday night. And so, uh, uh, like I said, I kind of warned everybody we, we will be having one this Wednesday. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, uh, we'd like if you'd like to stay for choir practice. We have some songs we'd like to work with. And if it, if we just get youth, that's okay. But we would love anybody who would like to sing in the choir, come and we'll have choir practice tonight. Thank you for reminding me of that. All right. We're going to have our men come and receive our offering tonight if we can. There we go. And Ryan, why don't you ask the Lord's blessing on the offering, please? Lord, thank you for giving us Amen. Sing 179, 179. You gotta help me here. I don't know this one. <laughs> Do we know? Do we know this one?
the Bible says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That's where you go to hide and be protected. Y'all understand that? The Bible says the Lord of hosts is with us. Anybody know what the Lord of hosts means? Army. <laughs> okay. Get, get this. Get this. Remember, remember uh, Elisha's servant and, and Elisha prayed. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Amen. And they thought it was just Elisha and his servant fighting this army. And then all of a sudden God showed the spirit, the angels, amen, and the army that was with him. And, uh, and he had to have like, whoa, we're not alone. We're never alone. Any of y'all believe in angels? Good. The Bible does describe some of the angels as our ministering spirits. Part of the promises here is this, is you are never alone. Why? God knows what you're going through. You even have angels watching over you. Now, we're not supposed to worship angels, but we need to realize this. We always have somebody to talk to. We always have somebody who knows what we're going through. We always have somebody, if you will, that we can realize we are never alone. I will tell you, seasonal depression, that's got to be one of the major contributing factors is, is that sense of loneliness, even in a world where we have the opportunity to be so contacted. Uh, go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. <laughs> In Isaiah chapter 43, look at uh, verse 2. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I will, what's the Bible say? You know, in, uh, I always forget which verse it's in. It's in Jeremiah chapter 5. In verse 12, or else it's chapter 12, verse 5. But he talks about the hardships you're going through, and he talks about the little hardships, and he says, if you're having trouble here, what are you going to do in the flooding of the Jordan? Okay? Meaning this, uh, when the banks of the river overflowed. Anybody here ever been in a flood or seen a flood? Can it be very destructive? Is it very powerful? And the answer to that is Yes. And humanly, we can't stop them, to be quite honest with you. But uh, uh, when God had the nation of Israel pass through the Red Sea, impressive? Yeah. Folks, when they went into the promised land, they went through the flooding of the Jordan. Now, I just want you to think about that, because I don't know if this happened or not. I think it did. But you know how they, we talked about how he divided it, and they walked through, and they congealed the waters and everything? Well, when they walked through that river, the Bible says the river waters mounted up, okay, if you will. And that had to be very impressive as they, their forefathers, only two of them had seen it before. And they heard the stories, and now they're seeing this, wow, take it the right way, but parting the Red Sea, impressive. Parting the Jordan at flood season, more impressive. Uh, sometimes we think of it the opposite, but it's actually probably more impressive. Again, look at verse 2 then. The Bible says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Amen? No matter what you're going through, no matter what challenge you're facing, know this, that when Jesus talks about, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you, amen, he says, I will never 
uh, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. He said, listen, they're not, the, that flooding river, I know how powerful it is, but it's not going to overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou, thou shalt not be burned. Uh, by the way, you know, a lot of times we read uh, Bible stories and we think that applied to them. That Bible verse right there says, when thou walkest through the fire. Remember Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael? Remember them? And they said, O king, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Amen? And they said this. They said, we're not going to bow down to your God. Uh, but we know this, that uh, our God can take care of us. Paraphrasing. <laughs> Amen? They threw him in to the fire, and you say, well, it wasn't very hot. It was hot enough to kill the guys who pushed him in. Amen? And then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up and he says, what is this? What is this? I don't see three men in the fire walking around. I've never seen that before. But I see four men. And the fourth man is what? Like unto the Son of God. And folks, if he did that for Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and the Bible says when we go through the fire, the Bible says he will walk through the fire with us. We are never alone. We are never alone. The Bible says, When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Uh, and then it says, I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopian and, and Seba for thee. And, and so if you will, uh, when we are weak, we are strong. We are never, ever alone and folks, our really only vulnerability is when we get to the point in our lives where we're just ready for it to be over. As I was thinking about this, I was, I was, I was just meditating on this a little bit. And I thought, I wonder how long they were in the garden before Eve partook of the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of fruits of good and evil. You guys know what I mean, sorry. Anybody know how old they were when they finally ate? Some people like say, well, one day. Well, no, I don't think so. I personally don't think so. I think they were there. I think they were in paradise. They walked with God for a time. Some people believe they might have been as old as 100 years old. I don't know. It's possible. Okay, I don't know. They have to be younger than their firstborn child. Okay, so they have to be younger than their firstborn child. But I wonder what they did in the Garden of Eden. What would you do? I'm just saying. Any, anybody ever walk through somebody's property that has fruit that you've never seen before? Those delicious poke berries. You guys know what I'm talking about? I've never eaten one. Don't they look delicious, though? <laughs> Dude, they look delicious. Uh, here's my whole point. Um, I, I, the Bible says all the trees of the garden you may freely eat. You know what that means? They knew there was nothing poisonous in that garden. And I don't know about you, but I think I would have, that's delicious. And then I go to the next tree, and, oh, man, that's good. Go over here. And then when they got to the very end of it all, okay, and they'd just be going. In a sense, ready for that temptation to be over. Well, if I could just, if I could just try it. 
And that's when the serpent came in and said, uh, does, what did the Lord say? You should not eat of every tree of the garden? What was his timing? His timing was when she finally got to the point to say, you know what, I, I'd be willing to taste that, you know. He come and talked her into it, and she did taste it, okay, and we know what happened. Folks, how long did Satan wait until he tempted Jesus? He didn't show up on day one. He didn't show up on day 10. He didn't show up on day 30. He showed up on day 40 when physically a human being, uh, when you haven't eaten for 40 days, you are this close to death. And I don't know about you, anybody been hungry for more than, uh, let's see, this is Thanksgiving season, more than 45 minutes. Anybody been? <laughs> Come on now, honestly, you'll, you'll stuff yourself and then you'll walk past the pumpkin pie. Well, I haven't had any of that yet, right? Okay. Anybody been hungry for a day? Two days? I'm, I'm not trying to talk about an endurance test here, but. Two days, you, by the way, the second day is always the worst day of a fast. Why? Because all you can think about is eating. If you've ever done it, you'll know that. The second day is the worst day because that's all you can think about. Third day gets a little bit better because you get used to being hungry. Your, your stomach stops growling. You get used to hungry. You're a little bit weak, but you're going to be all right. And, folks, he had to go through that entire process until he got to that 40th day. And he is literally to the point that if he doesn't eat, he's going to die. Okay, and that's when Satan shows up and he says, you want some bread? Just make it. You can do it. You're God. By the way, if you are God, why don't you just throw yourself off that, uh, off of that pinnacle there and your angels will catch you. You know that. We both know that. By the way, he didn't tell a lie one time. In a sense, he didn't lie to Adam and Eve. He didn't <laughs> lie to Eve. He just asked a question. Yea, hath God said? I mean, it's implied that he's lying, but y'all understand that. And please take this the right way, but the greatest temptation is when you're just tired of fighting. You wore out and you give out. And folks, that's when the devil shows up. Amen? That's the time when you need him most. Could you go to the book of Mark chapter 1, please? Mark chapter 1. Look at verse 13. The Bible says, And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. By the way, everything we just read in Luke, this tells the story in two verses. The only difference is, is at the very end, it gives you one piece of information you didn't have before. And that was, at the end of the temptation, the angels came and ministered to his need. What do you think was the very first thing they gave him? I bet they gave him food. And I bet they gave him water. There's no doubt that he probably got some rest. It's kind of what he did for Elijah. Amen, if you will. Give him some food, some water, and some rest. And helped him to recover. Why? Because he had passed the test by going all the way through until God knew it's not fair to put him through anymore. Okay? And the Bible says that with the temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to what? Bear it. So did God just make you a promise that you can bear anything he puts in your life? 
you can bear the loneliness and you can bear the pain and you can bear the whatever else is going through your mind or your life or your heart, okay? Meaning this, why was Jesus able to endure? Because he knew that it would, wouldn't be fair for God to put him through a test that was impossible for a human being to pass. Especially if he relied on God's strength and in God's presence. Come on now, amen? Meaning this, all he had to do is say, God, you will not put me through more than I can handle. You will give me the strength I need. You will give me the, the, the encouragement that I need. And you will end the test before I have to end the test. Like Eve did. Amen. And like others do. Okay. And so if you will... Uh, I, I, I think that's the way, if you will, that our enemy works, and that's the way that our mind works, and that's why we need to be strengthened with resolve. You know, one of the things that we need to do is we need to know our enemy, okay? We know, and what's the name of our enemy? Help me know. Satan. Does he have another name? I didn't hear that one. Lucifer, okay. Does he have another name? The devil, very good. Does he have another name? Red dragon. Red dragon, good. I didn't have that one down. That's right. Did he have another name? Angel of light. By the way, a deceptive angel of light, correct? A roaring lion that walks about seeking whom he may devour. Think about all these names of Satan, and it tells you his character and who he is. Amen? And knowing these things, knowing your enemy, makes it so that, if you will, Whenever maybe a wrong thought comes in, like, did God really say you can't eat from every tree? How many of y'all, if you knew your enemy, might say, that didn't come from God? Anybody ever had a thought come into your mind, and you're like, that didn't come from God? <laughs> Amen? And so if you will, you guys say, well, that was the enemy, okay? Well, what should I know about the enemy? Folks, part of the reason that God has so many names, and God has um, over 100 names, if I remember right, that, 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 I don't want to say that for a fact, but I believe he has over 100 names. And the whole idea is so that you can identify or know him better, how he can be, uh, provide for your need and, and take care of you and protect you and be your savior. You guys understand that? But it's also good for us to know what the devil's doing in our lives. Okay, so let's look at some of his names here. Lucifer, that means son of the morning. He was created to be in the presence of the morning star. Amen. But if you will, he, he didn't want to be there. So he, he was cast out and, and thrown out, if you will. And so he's not really Lucifer anymore. That was his name when he was doing his job. Amen. He doesn't carry that name anymore. That's the name he started with. Okay. So he's not an angel of light. He's not trying to enlighten us. He's trying to put us in darkness. Amen. And, uh, and so, if you will, then he's also called the devil. Right. Well, what is the devil? Diabolos. It means false accuser or slanderer. Who does he false accuse or slander? Us and God. By the way, anybody here been lied about? What gets you through that? You know the truth. Guys, get a hold of this. And, and, and by the way, if somebody takes and accuses you of something and you know it's not true. By the way, if it is true, confess it. But if it's not true, you can just sit there and say, I know it's not true. That didn't come from God. That came from the devil. I'm not trying to make this dark, 
But if the thought ever comes into your mind, say, well, why don't you just kill yourself? That didn't come from God. It came from the devil, okay? He is a false accuser. He is a slanderer. He will lie about God. He'll lie to you. He'll lie about you, amen? And then he's also known as Satan. That means he is our adversary and our opponent. We have an enemy. That is his name, Satan. When the Bible says he walketh about seeking whom he may devour, that is an enemy trying to hunt for you. By the way, I, I don't know as much as I need to know about lions, but sometimes lions kill just to kill. Okay? And I would tell you this, that's the way the devil is. It's just sport for him. They kill to kill. His name is also Apollyon. Anybody know what Apollyon means? Would you go to Revelation chapter 9? Revelation chapter 9. And look, if you will, at uh, verse 11. He's talking about, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the, what's what I say? Bottomless pit. Well, um, uh, Satan is not sitting with a pitchfork on a throne in hell, okay? But it does say he's the king over these, these who are in the bottomless pit, okay? The Bible says, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. And that word means a destroyer, okay? Well, think about this. Who, who, who does he destroy? Well, he destroys lives. He destroys homes. He destroys nations. He is a destroyer. And if we see things falling apart, who's responsible? It's the devil. It's, it's, it's Apollyon, if you will. I got another one. How about Beelzebub? By the way, they accused Jesus of being Beelzebub. Okay? You guys, uh, another way of pronouncing that is Beelzebub. Beelzebub. And so you see when people worship Baal, this was one of the Baals. Okay? And anybody know Beelzebub? You should know this one. This, is, this one's a good one. He's literally the prince of the devils, at least that's what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 24. It also, his name also means the God of decay or the Lord of the flies. Can I tell you this? Insects don't bother me. Can't stand flies. Why? Just because of what they're associated with. You all understand that? Well, think about this. As the Lord of the flies, when something dies, what happens? It decays. It rots. Then the pest comes in, if you will, and the pestilence, the diseases that come from all that. Amen. And so, if you will, anytime he's involved, he leaves behind a stinking, rotting mess. Okay? That's the devil. If you take and you look and you say, a stinking, rotting mess, can I just tell you what? That's the devil. Okay, a lot of times people like to blame people, but that's the devil. Why? Because he's trying to destroy you. He is your adversary. He is not an angel of light now. He is an angel of darkness now. And you can just take and go through all the names of the devil and know your enemy. Why? Because, folks, the whole time, the whole time that Jesus was being tempted by the devil... I wonder what kind of expression the devil had on his face. You ever think about things like that? Well, let me, I'm, I'm not trying to belittle anybody here. Anybody here a used car dealer? <laughs> what, what expression do they always have? Big old smile. What's the other thing? They're just your buddy. 
man, I, man, I got a deal for you. I, I wouldn't give this deal to just, <laughs> you know the guy, huh? Amen. <laughs> and so if you will, I just honestly, I just see the, the deceiver, if you will, that has a smile on his face, but he's got hate in his heart. And he's leaving behind a stinking mess in everybody that he's able to get his grip into. Amen. He has many titles. He's called the God of this world. He's called the prince and the power of this air, the air. He's called the prince of this world. And he's called the father of lies. And by the way, all of that is true. Amen. Even when he's taking and leading to the discouragement, if you will, of seasonal depression. Amen. Because he's got you focused on him and his lies and his lot. And we just need to remember what Jesus remembered. Hey, I'm not alone. God's not going to take me farther than I can go. And he will provide all my needs. When I am weak, then am I strong. And folks, if we can just remember the same things that Jesus remembered during his time of trial, he knew who his enemy was. He looked him dead in the face and said, listen, you are no friend of mine. You don't want to give me food. You don't want me to prove to you that I'm God. By the way, you know I'm God, or you wouldn't be here. Amen. And, uh, and, and I'm not alone. I, I have the Lord with me. By the way, who do we have? We have the Comforter. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, the Comforter literally means one who walks alongside. I got one more thought, and then I'll be done. Anybody here, and I'm not trying to get all spooky with you, but have you ever just felt something wasn't right with a certain person? The hackles come up, the, okay? And can I just say that's probably the Holy Spirit going, watch that one. Watch that one. It's a very real issue for some people, folks. Can I tell you one thing that we can do is we can keep an eye out for one another. Amen. Amen. If you see somebody with their head down or somebody who's starting to disappear, care. Amen. Maybe take them aside. Hey, how you doing? By the way, if somebody came up to you, I mean, be honest with me, somebody came up to you and said, hey, just... You haven't looked happy here lately. Are you doing all right? How many of y'all would be immediately offended? Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> you should have seen the sanctification come over all the faith. Well, not me, but I know people. <laughs> Please take this the right way. If somebody has enough courage to come up to you and say, how are you doing? Can I encourage you to try to give an honest answer? I will confess to you, my wife is very good, especially here recently. Are you doing okay? And, she, and, and, and it's so easy because, well, I'm the strong person. I'm the, you know, I'm the leader. I'm the this. I'm the that. Oh, I'm fine. And I'll be honest with you. I've tried to be more honest with her here lately if I am going through something to let her know. And, and why? Because she showed concern. She cared. Maybe imagine who might be going through a hard time. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. My family's been there. I, well, I've got to be honest with you. It's, it's tough right now. Why? Well, I'm going, I got some pain. I got some pain. Amen. Okay, well, amen. Anything I can do for you? Not really, but it helps knowing you care. Amen. 
the struggle is real. We do have tools at our disposal that Jesus has shown us to help us to get through. And we got to know this, that we're not alone in all this. And that's our greatest weapon in helping one another and being helped through what can be a very difficult time for some people. Let's all stand if you would.